Okay, uh, let's go ahead and let's look at our scripture, uh, which is John 5, 16 through 30, as we continue going through the gospel of John. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And so he is, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The word of the Lord. Well, as Ken said, it is time for New Year's resolutions, and I've uh, taken a lot of time to think about my own New Year's resolutions, did some research to try to figure out what the top five New Year's resolutions are uh, out there in the United States today. And these are them in order from uh, five to one. Number five is spending less time on social media. So if you have a resolution to spend less time, I'm going to drop it from 16 to 15 hours myself. I think there's time for some responsibility there. Uh, Number four, taking up a new hobby. So if basket weaving or underwater basket weaving is something that's pulling on your heart, uh, you are not alone. Number three, spending more time with the family. Who can say no to spending more time with the family? Number three, solid New Year's resolution. Number two, pursuing a career ambition. Uh, I, I want to be Pope. I'd like to be the Pope. Is that wrong? I'm not sure, seeing as it's a different denomination. But nonetheless, pursuing a career ambition. And number one, improving your diet. Please, oh Lord, improve the diet. Uh, It is time. Uh, I ate like uh, you wouldn't believe for Christmas. But uh, these are solid New Year's resolutions. And if you look at them, you realize that people are looking for a better quality of life. But the reality is, if you're looking for life, it's hard to find. You can achieve all of these, all of these five uh, resolutions, and discover that that does not mean that you have a better life. Because the reality, my friends, is life is not found from within. Life is found from without. 
Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Life is found in Jesus Christ, not in us and in our resolutions. As I just read in this passage, John 5, 26, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. In other words, if you are looking for life, you will not find it in a better you in 2021, but you'll find it in Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who said that I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So we're going to refocus our resolution on where to find life and looking for it in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the life giver. And there are three reasons this passage communicates to us that Jesus is the one who is the giver of life. Number one, Jesus is the life giver because he is the son of God. Number two, Jesus is the life giver because he is the judge. And finally, number three, Jesus is the life giver because he is life itself. So let's tackle each one of these points. Number one, Jesus is the life giver because he is the son of God. We see how the passage starts off in verse 16. Jesus has healed a man. Remember, he was at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus has made this man walk, and he did it on the Sabbath. And we see that the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, saying, My father is working until now, and I am working. They've accused Jesus of breaking the Sabbath, and Jesus' defense is simply this. My father is working, and I too am working. It's a reality that God works on the Sabbath. Right? I mean, if God took a rest, who would run the universe? Who would make all the planets continue to stay in alignment? Who would give breath to all of the creatures of the forest? In fact, this was, an, uh, this was a topic of discussion among the rabbis. Can we accuse God of breaking the Sabbath because he works? And the answer that the rabbis came up with is the entire universe is his domain. And therefore, he never carries anything outside of it. See, what Jesus is saying is as the universe belongs to the Father, so the universe belongs to me as well. All of the stars, all of the planets, all of the humans, everything on planet Earth belongs to me. It is my domain. And therefore, I am working just as my Father is working. See, he's claiming to be God himself. This is why in verse 18 it says the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus is saying that all that the father has is mine. And he goes on to reveal the nature of his relationship with the father. Verse 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. See, Jesus is saying that we are equal, the Father and I, but our relationship is not the same. This equality does not mean complete or even partial independence of Jesus from his Father. For Jesus says here that he can do nothing of his own accord. This relationship is not reciprocal. The father can't assume the role of the son, and the son can't assume the role of the father. It's the father who initiates, who sends, 
who commands, who commissions, and who grants. And it's the son who responds and obeys and performs his father's will. He is the one who receives authority, not gives it. And so it is impossible for the son to take independent, self-determined action that would set him over against the father. He only does what he sees the father doing. And so perfect sonship involves perfect identity of will and action with the father. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. But we do see that the son is as great as the father. For the only one who could conceivably do whatever the father does must be as great as the father, as divine as the father. In other words, the father creates a new solar system. Well, only one as divine as the father could do something like that. And that's what Jesus is saying, that I am the son. And because I am the son, I am the life giver, just like my father. Jesus goes on, verse 20. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel. We have to understand that Jesus is the beloved son. That God the father has always loved the son. From all eternity, with all the passion and intensity and greatness of love, Jesus is loved by the father. And because God the Father loves him. He shows him all that he is doing. The Son, by his obedience to the Father, is acting in such a way that he is revealing the Father, that he is doing the Father's needs, deeds, excuse me. The Son is narrating the Father as he acts. And so, what is God doing? What is God's plan? All we have to do is go back two chapters to John 3:16 to see for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him see God's plan is to give eternal life to his people and how is he going to execute his plan? Through his son. He has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to planet earth to his people to bring salvation. He has given his son on the cross that we might have life in his name. Jesus is the only one divinely ordained to bring life to the world. There is no other. The son is the source of life. I don't know if you know the name Charles Revson. He's an American businessman, or was an American businessman and philanthropist. He was best known as a pioneering cosmetics industry uh, executive uh, who created and managed Revlon through five decades. And Revson understood that he was selling more than just cosmetics. One of his most famous quotes was, in the factory we make cosmetics, and in the store, we sell hope. See, he was saying that by buying Revlon products, he sells the concept that they have the transformative power to bring beauty, to bring life. But we know the truth. The best that cosmetics can do is enhance life on the outside. 
They can't bring life on the inside. Jesus is the Son of God who has been brought to earth to bring life on the inside. 1 John 5.11 puts it this way, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have life. See, life is in God's Son. It's not in money. It's not in fame. It's not in power. It's not in prestige. So do you have the Son? If you do, you have life. But if you do not have the Son, you don't have life. We must make sure that we have Jesus, that we have received and accepted him for who he is, the one and only Son of God, the ruler of all things, the one who brings salvation. Because Jesus is the life giver, because he is the Son. Well, Jesus is also the life giver because he is the judge. Point number two. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. We know that God the Father is the judge of all the earth. But the Father has determined that it will not be his direct task to judge anyone, but instead he has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Think about that. Every single person will stand before Christ and give an account for his life. As Hebrews 9.27 says, just as man is, uh, is to die once and after that to face judgment. Jesus is the one person who is the judge. And we see here in John 28 and 29 that there are two types of judgments. Verse 28, do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Jesus is speaking of the last day when Christ will come again, and there will be this separation of people. There will be one group, those who have done good, who will go to the resurrection of life. These are those who believed and trusted and submitted to Jesus Christ and his rule while they were alive. Now, it seems based on this passage that the resurrection is based on actions. It says here that those who have done good. But we see that this is not true. In fact, Jesus in just a little while in verse 629 will say the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. What Jesus is speaking of is the fruit of the tree of one's belief. What comes out of one's life. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 12, 35, the, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. See, when you became a Christian, if you are a Christian, you were changed. You were once an orange tree, but you became an apple tree. And apple trees bear apples. In other words, out of the overflow of your heart, being a Christian, should flow into the way that you live your life, the way you love other people. It's just an extension of who you are. And so those who believed in Christ, and because they believed in Christ, lived a life that was Christ-like, will go to the resurrection of life. 
What does the resurrection of life mean? It means that we will see, receive new bodies, that we will no longer sin, that we will be immortal, that we will have true and intimate fellowship with God, that barriers will be broken down between people and we will actually be able to know one another in the deep, intimate sense of the word and to be known. This is the resurrection of life which is stored up for all of those who believe in Jesus Christ. But there is another judgment. Those who have done evil will rise to the resurrection of judgment. It's those who refuse to follow Christ, that they did not trust him. Their works were evil. Even if on the surface they looked good, remember that the Lord judges the heart. And if one doesn't believe in Jesus Christ and honor Jesus Christ, they have not done anything for Christ. It's bid for themselves. And so they will rise to the resurrection of judgment. It says in Matthew 25, 41, that Christ will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell is a real place that exists, and it is a place that I do not want to end up. Now, why has the Father entrusted judgment to the Son? Verse 23 tells us that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. What a powerful truth that God wants his Son to be honored. In Isaiah 42, 8, the Lord says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another. And yet he wants to honor the Son. Why is that? Because the Son is God and the Son is equal to the Father. And now that the Son has come, the person who withholds the honor do the Son similarly dishonors the Father. God has entrusted all judgment to the Son so that all may honor the Son, and also because Jesus is uniquely qualified to judge. Look at verse 27, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. This is from the book of Daniel, where it says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days, who is God the Father, and was led into his presence. And he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. And all peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. See, Jesus is the life giver because he has been given all authority, all glory all dominion, and all sovereign power. He is the one that holds life in his hands. And we should see him as the good judge because he's not only a judge who is far removed from his people, but he walked on this planet as a human being, just like you and me, subject to all of the travails and temptations of life. And yet he always lived a life that honored God. Jesus has the authority to judge. He has the authority to bring life. The truth of the matter, my friends, is that we live our days out 
in somebody's courtroom. You wake up tomorrow, and you're going to enter into somebody's courtroom. And some, that courtroom, that judge who's in that courtroom, is the one that you have put over you to judge your life. And the reality is we look to people to judge and to confirm our lives that have no business being in that position. We must recognize that in the end, we are accountable to one person and to one person only. And that's Jesus Christ, the one who holds the judgment of life and death. We make many people in our lives our judge and jury, whether it's our boss, whether it's the crowd, whether it's our spouse. But in the end, only one opinion matters. And Jesus' judgment is just. He's merciful and he's kind. And he does not want, to, want anyone to suffer damnation. So entrust yourself to Jesus Christ. And you are guaranteed in him the resurrection of life that is to come. Finally, Jesus is the life giver because he is life itself. We see in verse 26, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. The father is life. Before there was anything, there was God. And God is the cause of everything that has life. Isaiah 42.5 puts it this way. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it. Who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. And this verse says that he has granted the son to have life in himself. John 1.3 puts it this way. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. All that you see around you, all of the people who are living and breathing, the trees and the grass, the earth and the sky, the flowers around me, who grants them life and gives them breath? The G Jesus Christ has been granted to have life in himself. And Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. How do we receive this life from Jesus Christ? It's whoever hears and believes in Jesus. And notice what it says. It says, they have eternal life. He and she has eternal life. That they have passed from death to life. See, we don't have to wait for the resurrection at the very end to have life. Jesus is in the business of waking up the spiritually dead and giving them life right here, right now. The hour is coming and is now here, says verse 25. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Are you looking for eternal life now? You desire to know what life really is. It's found in Jesus Christ, who has come to wake the dead.
to life. For we were dead in our transgressions and sins, in the way we used to live as we followed the ways of the world. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ Jesus. What is it that wakes us up? It's the voice of the Son of God. It's his gospel that has the power to bring life. So are you looking for life in 2022? The time is now. It's those who hear and submit to Jesus Christ who will live. How do you hear? Listen and believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And if so, you will live, for that is his promise. God will give you a new heart. He will make you spiritually alive. He will give you love in your heart for yourself and for other people. You'll be able to genuinely love one another. Indeed, love will overflow because Jesus is the life giver. And what the world needs more than anything, my friends, is people who have come alive. I don't know if you're familiar with the Spanish explorer Juan Ponce de Leon. He was a conquistador who was known for leading the first official European expedition of Florida, and he served as the first governor of Puerto Rico. And the legend has it that as uh, Ponce de Leon explored Florida, he was looking for the fountain of youth in 1513, that he was looking for this fabled fountain which was supposed to restore youth and bring vigor to life. And so he searched, and he searched, and he searched for years and years, and he never found it. And do you know the reason why he never found it? Because it doesn't exist. God has given us eternal life, and this eternal life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son has life. So regardless of your resolutions in the year 2022, regardless of the plans that you have, remember this. There's only one place where you can find life, and that place is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. So come to him. Come to him when you're sad. Come to him when you're longing. Come to him when you're searching. Because it's in him that we have life. And he came that we might have life and have it to the full. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that you are the life giver. The one who can bring life to our souls. Not only in the resurrection and the last judgment, but now. For you have made us spiritually alive in you. God, let us look to no other person. Let us not harbor any counterfeits in our heart, but let us look to you, for you are the life giver, the one who died and rose again, who conquered death, proving that we can have life in your name. And so we give you all the glory and all the praise, for you are worthy. And we pray this in your name. Amen.